Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Project Esports Podcast. We are on our brand new content schedule for those of you that do not know. So we are live streaming at twitch.tv slash Project Esports Podcast right now, 6.30 Central Time, every Monday and Thursday. I'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the podcast. But for those of you that are wondering why the podcast didn't come out this morning, that's because we are moving everything back. And towards the end of the podcast, I'll fill you guys in for those of you that don't know, but how that's going on. But as always, I am joined by both of my awesome co-hosts, James and Dylan. Um, either one of you guys want to do a quick introduction, or I feel like we have a pretty heavy content uh, today, and you want to just jump right into the conversation. Fucking give everybody. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Well, I say we lead right off with something that's kind of been the base of what I feel like a lot of our news has kind of been recently, but the London Spitfires um, manager, um, all they say is Robin. Um, Robin Sigunawan, something like that. You know I'm horrible at uh, the names. Yeah, you're awful. But... Yeah. So they sat down with him, just kind of asking about the daily routine, translating for Korean players and all that kind of stuff. And something that really popped up from the interview when I was watching that is this quote right here that I am struggling to find. Um, I think there is a general trend in esports where players are mentally younger than their actual age. I think that can be attributed to not going to college or dropping out of high school and things kind of like that. So do you think that the XQC problems, the rascal problems that we're talking about later on today, all the problems that we've been seeing in esports, specifically Overwatch or anything you want to talk about, can be attributed to them just being younger and dropping out of high school or college? Or do you think this quote is actually true? Um, I guess I'll go ahead and start first. So first I want to start off and say that Rascal and uh, XQC or QXC, sorry, I always mix up with the StarCraft player. Um, they're not involved with this. I don't think their issues are related. I think their issues are completely different. But that being said, um, I definitely think this is an issue with players because, I mean, anecdotally, just looking back at myself, when I was a freshman in college, I was a fucking idiot. I didn't know anything. <laughs> um, like, I, w- I would barely say I knew anything, like, six months ago. Like, and then every six months, I think the same exact thing. So, yeah, I, I totally see where that's correct. Because, like, a lot of the learning and growth I've done was through school, was through going through high school, was going through college. And I felt like it shaped me and helped me mature a lot. So I can 100% see that if a player kind of drops out of high school, um, or even doesn't go to college and just go straight into esports, they would be kind of at that same stage that I was. And just like from a personal standpoint, like I could definitely see me like not being mature enough uh, to act accordingly in some of these situations. So I can I can totally empathize with it. I'm holy fuck, boys. We got disagreement. Um, I'm totally against that, man, um, because I this. Overwatch players are really the first iteration of these guys that we're seeing with this ma- this many issues. Um, it really hasn't plagued like the late, league community has had its issues, but not to the same excess that I think we're seeing with the Overwatch League. I think I think it's we're going back to the old adage is that the atmosphere has changed, the players have changed, the ty- like the mentality, the, the the culture around gaming has changed, and I think that's why we're seeing this now so prevalent with overwatch players is that because the shape of the, the shape of the culture has changed, these players are inherently different people than um, even like shit, even like the new guys coming into like uh, coming into like league of legends, like um, a lot of the, a lot of like the rookies and stuff like, like, like Jazuke and stuff like that. You haven't heard him do anything stupid. You know what I mean? You haven't heard him, you know, run his mouth like uh, like Rascal or XQC, which I, I I agree is kind of unrelated to this. But as a, like as as a whole, you know what I mean? So uh, or maybe maybe uh, maybe it's the infrastructure. I think maybe the infrastructure itself is the thing to blame, not so much the players themselves. There's nobody grooming them. There's nobody taking care of them. Being like, listen, don't be a fucking idiot. This is what happens if you are a fucking idiot. Um, and you know, like there's like maybe it wasn't related to them initially. Um, I'm not, I'm not too sure, but I don't think, I don't think that players overall are mentally younger and emotionally 
younger, I think they're just either not like nobody's recognizing that if they are dro- college dropouts or they are high school dropouts, nobody's recognizing that that you need to do a bit of molding. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That's kind of that's that's kind of my take on it. So I actually just wanted to say that like I totally agree, James, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. What you said is right, so let me go ahead and try to meet you in the middle a little bit um, to, like, nuance my point a little bit. So I agree. I think that with League of Legends, um, the infrastructure is a lot more, I don't know, accommodating to a lot of those younger players. And I feel like uh, the Banhammer in chat actually just brought up this point, but I feel like the way that they're treating uh, some of the players in the Overwatch League is lending itself very poorly to make these kinds of attitudes and behaviors actually come out. So, like, I still stand by my point of I think the players aren't fully mature, mm-hmm. but I feel like uh, between the different games, they lend themselves to either bolstering that or, like, kind of letting it rock a little bit. So, like, with League, it definitely, like, goes a lot more smoothly, and the way that they deal with everything within League seems to be pretty good and seems to work out. But with Overwatch League, the way that they're treating players and the way the organizations are structured, yeah. um, definitely going off what Banhammer said about treating it like real sports, but they're not really ready for it and stuff, I feel like it's bolstering those kind of negative things and letting letting them kind of like push themselves out into the forefront. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah go oh, ahead. Go on. Go I was ahead. actually going to say, so the point you just kind of made exactly where I am standing. I am right in the middle on both of this. Because you can see this in almost any aspect of life. Like, I don't 100% agree that a lot of this is kind of coming up uh, because of just the straight-up age or because you dropped out of high school or stuff like that. I felt like even if I did not go to college, may not drop out of college, but if I just didn't go to college, I would know better than to say some of the things and do I didn't, some of the things. Yeah, like, I didn't go to college until 26. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, And I still have, to, to my understanding, more emotional maturity than these guys. Yeah, so I I definitely agree with that part. But the same part that what the point that you made earlier, James, is Mm -hmm. I don't think they're being on top of them enough about perfect. I think that when you're in the forefront, when people are always caring what you say and what you do, that you do need to have someone teaching you that. Yeah, even a 26 year old, even James, if you ever became a professional esport athlete. He will need to be taught how to keep his mouth shut a little bit of time. Absolutely. Well, so, yeah, absolutely. I'd ex- but that's the thing. I'd, I'd expect it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that, that makes sense. And maybe, maybe these players aren't ready. Like, aren't like, maybe they are being taught. That's the thing too. Maybe they, there is somebody in PR being like, don't be an idiot. Don't say this. And they're just like, oh, well, fuck you. You know, like, you know, because they're not emotional, like they're not emotionally mature enough to recognize respect. And like, I mean, that's, I think that might be a very real possibility as well. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just a good mix between yes, they are young and that they obviously need to be taught more and they need to have their hand held at the beginning of this because going I mean, sure if you're a great streamer, you may have a couple years I mean, if you're just a normal streamer, you may have a couple hundred people watching you. And if you mm-hmm. say something stupid, do something stupid, your world isn't ending. But when you yeah. take that and multiply that by a thousand when you're in front, when you are one of the poster boys for the Overwatch League and for Blizzard and stuff kinda like that, it takes it to a new level. And obviously, no one is just going to be ready straight out of college, straight out of high school, no matter how emotionally developed they are, to be in the limelight and always being watched of what they're doing. And every word they say, every move they make is being watched. And that is something that I don't feel like anyone's ever really ready for until they're in that scenario. So I agree that, yes, if they were 26, they may have a little bit better understanding and that kind of stuff. But still, it's only going to be to an extent, and they're still going to do stupid stuff if they're not yeah. having their hand held, being taught, and like kind of being brought to reality very quickly that you can't do everything you can do if you're just a normal streamer or a normal video game player. Um, I actually just want to add a little point uh, going off of what James said a little bit earlier. So I don't think this just applies to like people who went through like high school and college. I think just the simple fact of like existing for those early 20s um is the same exact thing so whether like you go from 20 to 23 in college or you go from 20 to 23 just working i feel like emotional maturity it does the same thing so like obviously you're uh, you're 26 now if you're gonna go to college you're not you're already grown you're not gonna you're not you're not gonna like you're not not gonna ment or uh, emotionally mature there like you're already grown yeah Um, so i i still think that early 20s like I think his his statement could probably be brought in a little bit more to like 
these kids who have never like existed as 20 somethings yeah they're not there yet yeah yeah and, I, and again and i think that falls to i know yeah me being mature poggers um but yeah no and i, I think that's just it i think either the infrastructure needs to needs to recognize that and address it or you you actually make sure that these kids are like following what pr is trying to teach them right it's one or the other yeah, I guess any other points you want to really touch on before that, like I think we had a good kind of a disagreement here for once, but we kind of came to center point that it's a combination of a lot of different things and just putting it on, oh, there are high schoolers or college dropouts. Like that's just such a big generalization that I feel yeah. like it could be expanded on. So mm -hmm. I guess that's fine for him saying that, but I think we agree that we can kind of move on from that. But Going to the next point, maybe something that's going to help people not have to worry about this in the future. So this is coming from IGN. Um, they announced that Microsoft Store and the ESL are launching an eSports Academy or what they're calling it. So it's only over in Australia and it's going from actually today until Sunday based out of a store over in there um, that brings in a couple of different um, casters, a couple of different coaches and ex-players and kind of give you like the behind the scenes and the reality of what the esports is really like. So it tells you what it's like from a caster's experience, what they kind of see. The team managers kind of tell you what you really have to put in, which some of our listeners kind of understand that really kind of grind and that you don't really understand until you're told it, shown it, or actually you're doing it. And then also from players, like everyone wants to know what it's like to be a professional player. And until you really get there, you can't really reach out to other professional players. So I think this is really kind of a cool idea and actually a really unique partnership being Microsoft kind of coming down and partnering with ESL. I mean, these are not two small organizations. But I just think these kind of almost boot camps or just kind of academies that they're calling them is a good place to start, especially here in the U.S. If you had them in some of the bigger cities, like esports is growing. Everyone wants to do it. You see every day another person wants to start up a new team but doesn't really understand how to do it or what the concept is behind it. So a week-long kind of boot camp of kind of giving the details, I think it's something that could be really kind of beneficial for anyone interested in esports. I mean, is this something that you guys would want to do? I mean, is there anything you'd want to really see kind of brought out, James? I mean, you kind of know what it's like kind of being behind the side. Like, do you think just a week long of a couple hour sessions could teach everything that you need to know about starting a team or being a player or anything kind of like that? Oh yeah, no, abs uh, maybe not so much as maybe just such, not so much as a player, but staff. I think definitely. I think that's a very. I think it's uh, that kind of a that kind of a, like boot camp is a very realistic thing that you can do, um, because like I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Like the the I think anybody who you know is trying to do the team startup shit and stuff like that, they're <laughs> learning. They're learning like by intermixing. You know what I mean? That's there's 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 no book. There's no like nobody from Fnatic or nobody from. Uh, you know, nobody from like uh, CLG or any of these big teams, their managers aren't coming down to talk to you. It's just like, you know, you either, you either cut, cut of the right stuff or you're not. And you don't even know what that right stuff is. That's the worst part, right? You don't know what, what attributes you need. You don't know what kind of schedule you need, you know, stuff like that. So I think actually having a professional in there telling you and laying it out, being like, listen, you need to do X, Y, and Z. Um, as your fundamentals, like, I mean, of course you can't, there's not going to be like, Hey, like, you know, uh, how to be a legal legends manager for dummies or how to be an e-source manager for dummies. Like that's not a reality, but I think like if, if these guys are like, especially casters too, like that's, I, I think that's really unique. And I, I like, I think that's a good idea that they're bringing like somebody for the casters to mentor as well, because again, like you don't, you don't really know what to do other than, you know, you get a lucky, like, you know, reply on Twitter um from like one of the casters that you hit up being like what the fuck do i do and they're probably so bagged from like from saying it a bunch you know what i mean so they don't even like i don't blame them for not wanting to help out unless they're being in a seminar scenario right so um is it going to teach them everything no but i think it's definitely beneficial absolutely dylan yeah so um i have a couple different points about this so one i think it's a good thing um i think it could probably be a little bit better like for for at least learning a lot of these things like just like free online classes i think would be a lot better like if yeah. you could actually partner up with some of these like casters or some like organizational heads and just be like hey let's develop like a small set of videos where you just like talk about what you do and talk about some tips talk about how to do this and we'll put it up on youtube as a playlist like i feel like that'd be like a billion times more like valuable um to everyone in the scene actually 
uh, because it'll just because like the base level will just be raised at that point. So if you want to be a caster, first thing you do, watch these set of videos. Like that that would be like a thing to do. Um, just like any player, if you're gonna go play a game, the first thing that you should do when you want to get better, look at guides, look at videos, look at streams. Yeah, I exactly. think the same thing should be said for anyone who wants to go into casting or anyone who wants to just start up a team. I think that should definitely be something that's really available out there. Um, so that's my first point. Second point, um, two or three words, eSports Summer Camp. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the kiddos to be able to go to eSports Summer Camp one day. Um, and then third, I just want to point out this is by the Microsoft Store, which they're doing a lot of stuff in eSports recently, and I think it's super, super cool. So I don't know what level of Microsoft they're at, because um, obviously Microsoft Store is not the same brand as Microsoft. It's like a subset, but I don't know where that subset lies exactly. Yeah. Um, but they've been doing so much stuff for eSports, specifically hosting small events within their stores. Really? So if you look at well, Microsoft Store, most of the time they're in malls, really large malls. And the layout is very, very, very similar to an Apple store of where you walk in, it's a big open area with some tables and some just display items. And yeah. what they do for a lot of stuff is they clear off all those display items and they turn all those tables into just like places the game or whatever. Nope. You're, no, we're here. Hello. Oh, wait. Someone's yeah. video cut out, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it did too. There it goes. There it is right there. It just cut out. Uh, Andrews? Andrews did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he looks like a goddamn goofball right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it looks like that closed out. So hopefully Andrew comes back. Um, but yeah, so while the screen is messed up, um, we'll go ahead. I'm going to continue with this point. So Microsoft Store is doing really, really cool stuff. They're inviting people into their stores and using all their equipment uh, to basically play esports and stuff like that, or even just small game releases. Like I know Sea of Thieves had a big, huge thing. Um, so I think I think the stuff Microsoft Store is doing is really, really cool. And I hope that they start taking stuff like this that they're doing and just like pushing it further. Cause like just having a place to play games is like such a valuable resource. So it looks like our boxes are fixed. We are back. Discord had a server-wide hiccup, whatever you want to call it. Discord went down. We're moving to Skype from now on out. Because Skype would never do this in the words of James Graham. I would do so much so much more though. Yeah, it would, it would <laughs> yeah, in every other way imaginable. So but so true. With that, we are gonna hand it over to our collegiate esports man, Dylan, to kind of give us a rundown of God knows what. But he said, I'm talking collegiate esports, so we give him collegiate esports. All right. So let's let's go to a little segment I like to call the campus quad. Okay, I like so that. let's let's do a rundown of all the collegiate stuff happening because there's a lot of it. <laughs> um, so first, I guess I want to start with um, events. Uh, so the first big event that happened was the Scarlet Classic Four. So Scarlet Classic is run by Rutgers Esports, which is I would probably say the biggest name in esports on the East Coast. Um, there's basically I would say three um, big schools. Like, obviously, there's a lot of smaller schools that do really, really good things with esports, but the big three ones um, I'd probably say is UConn Gaming Club, Rutgers Esports, and Penn State Esports. Um, they're the really big schools. Don't roll your eyes, it's true. Um, but they do, they, they have big, really big programs, they have really big communities, and they run really big events. Um, and Rutgers, I would say, is probably the biggest one there. Um, their Scarlet Classics have been phenomenal, actually, for, for collegiate esports, because I feel like the East Coast specifically is really starved for events. There really isn't anything. The only things that have been really going on in esports on the East Coast have been fighting game stuff and Smash stuff. Yeah, so they love that shit. yeah, so there's like usually Winter Brawl. There's the East Coast Throwdown, where the two big ones, um, and then the only other big one was Apex. But uh, Apex has kind of collapsed, sort of, um, and, and pun definitely intended. So the big thing with Apex is that uh, the last big time Apex was a thing, the roof collapsed on their their venue, <laughs> um, which I'm I would I had people that went to the event that I know and I for sure want to bring them in for like a little esports like story time or something. Moment in history. Yeah, because that was a whole big thing. Um, but this Holy this shit. was actually at one of Apex's location, like previous locations where they used to have Apex, where they had the Scarlet Classic. 
Um, so yeah, um, they had the event. It was super, super big. It was a one-day event. Uh, it was a Sunday. Um, they did all the primary um, like pools and all that beforehand, and then they played every final and I think like semifinal on Sunday. So it was like just a big day of a tons and tons of finals. Um, and they played like everything. They played League. They played Smash. Um, they played Dota, StarCraft, Dragon Ball Fighters, Tekken, literally every esport you could probably think of, and fighting yeah. game. Um, it was amazing, actually. So I didn't go to it, but I watched the stream on and off. Um, it was it was pretty insane. Um, and I know everyone there worked super, super hard at it. They had tons and tons of sponsors. And definitely, definitely for like a collegiate level organization, they did really, really good things. Um, and yeah, also the final thing I have about that is for the League of Legends tournament, uh, Penn State Esports actually showed up and won. Yep, I, I knew that was coming when I saw the tweet on the weekend. Yeah. Hockey, uh, Collegiate Esports, I knew that was coming up. But no, congratulations to all the teams that did it, and especially your Penn State. Yeah, um, which which I only say because uh, we never had the best uh, League of Legends team, and then now we got to can flex our muscles a little bit. Uh, but besides that, um, going off to the West Coast now for events was actually uh, BeachCon. So BeachCon has been an event that's been going since, I believe, 2006. And actually, this year it got featured on ESPN Esports, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and so this was run by, I'm going to mess up the order of the, the words, but it was California State University Long Beach or, Calver or California Long University Beach. State, one, one, yeah. something of that. Oh, that's, but I, right. that's the right way to do it. Yeah, yeah, so the first one. Um, and they have, I mean, obviously all, most of the California schools have really amazing esports programs because they're West Coast. Of course, they have to have good programs. Um, but specifically, I would say Long Beach did a really, really good job because um, they really built their program out of nothing. nothing. So in 2006, BeachCon was run as a LAN outside of dorm rooms. And then now it was in a big esports arena and there was like thousands of people there and tons of sponsors and basically the way they described it was like it's like a mini e3 of where they have like cosplay and games wow. and like um avgl um the american video game league had two of their finals there for dota and for league of legend or dota and counter-strike i think it was yeah so they had yeah. two of their finals there um there was another tournament that had their finals there uh there was vendors and like i said cosplay and they're just random land stuff like it was crazy. Like they made, they made it into like that's kind of cool that they made this into like, like I want to compare it to like like BlizzCon and shit like that where you yeah. have like all the elements come together, right? That's awesome. Yeah, and I it, it was really incredible to see like how far they've actually come into this big huge thing, and they were actually recognized by the California Legislative Assembly like wow. for their event. So like they got a little like certificate and stuff that was like basically like, hey, this is officially from us. Good job, guys. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's really cool and it's really important for like collegiate esports to like grow in this way and show off that like they can do all these really cool things. Like, you don't really need like a big a, a big singular company to be like, oh, we do all these events or whatever. Um, all this stuff is really super grassroots and basically it's just a bunch of college kids reaching out to sponsors and being like, hey, we want to throw this really cool event. It'd be really cool if you could help us out. And if you help us out, more people are going to come. And that's yeah. exactly what happens. Um, I feel like that's esports as a whole. Like that kind of the grassroots up. They started the land term. They wanted to make it happen. They're like, if you guys help us, we'll help you. And it just keeps kind of growing and growing. And yeah, like you said, now they're recognized by the state of California. Like that's, that's just such a cool idea of what esports is as a whole that we've always wanted to be. That people just wanted to make it happen. And now it's kind of where it is. Yeah. And it's, it's really amazing. And then so... Now, the next thing I'm going to go to, so I'm just throwing a bunch of stuff at you guys because it's almost the end of the semester um, for most colleges here. So we're going to be sparse on collegiate esports for a bit. But the next big thing that happened is uh, TESPA, who runs basically all of Blizzard's um, collegiate esports stuff, um, is actually having the, te the TESPA Hearthstone finals or semifinals right now. Um, so they just wrapped up and they're going into top eight. And what's super crazy about this is there was a big expansion released um, just last week. Yeah. And so basically for the semifinals, what all the teams had to do is they had a like they had like five days to like figure out the meta and build new decks for it and wow. prep for this tournament of where 
basically no one really knew what everyone else was going to bring and no one knew what decks were really good and stuff and so basically this was the time where you really got to see who the really good players were um so the format of this is basically any um a school can send as many teams as they want um in their region and it's composed of three players um playing on like one account and so basically they all collaborate together and they play against another team who has the same exact setup um and yeah so it's conquest i think it's conquest style is the way it's it's called so you bring four decks um each yeah they ban one and you have to win with three of them so you have to win with all your decks um but yeah it was really crazy because we actually get to see who like you know did the research and who studied and who actually knows how to play this game really well as opposed to who just looks up whatever the best deck is and kind of gets lucky um it's yeah. gonna be like the it's gonna be like the fucking Wild West because you're gonna see you're going to see broken decks there that nobody thought like you're gonna see like that's like that's like the the epitome of like theory crafting and that's really it's gonna be really sick to see it in professional play too or like collegiate play but I mean it's basically professional at that level you know what I mean so that's gonna be yeah that's gonna be an interesting watch did you see yeah. like is this the first time they've had like an expansion drop like mid tournament um i'm not a hundred percent sure so the time period that they have this is the time period of where the set rotation happens um so so not only did the expansion come out but this expansion actually marked uh the rotation the yearly rotation they do so three expansions left standard and one new one came in so not only is it just new cards added but there was three sets of, of cards that were taken out and a new one put in so this is the time where like the most change happens possible um but yeah so i don't think that this has happened before um it might have happened last year um because this is only the third this is no this is the first like or sorry this is the second rotation that they've ever done um i'm not sure when it wrapped up last year um but yeah this is this is definitely a, a crazy thing um yeah oh uh rudy's in chat Oh, yeah, 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 he's right. It did happen last year as well uh, with the rotation. Um, yeah, so I think all this is happening on Play Hearthstone is the Twitch. Um, I'm sure they have to have VODs up. Um, if not, I know they at least have the highlights up that you guys can definitely watch. Um, but yeah, and also just want to plug that in the top eight, two of the top eight teams are actually Penn State teams. Oh, my God. My God. <laughs> you, you only talk about things that can be turned over to Penn State, don't you? No, I talked I talk about Long Beach. We didn't do anything that's, there. That's, <laughs> not yet. Not yet, not Next yet. Year. Yeah, um, I think actually uh, from AVGL RIT Esports, which RIT also has a really, really good program. Um, they're from Rochester, New York. They actually were at Long Beach playing um i think it was counter striker dota i know they have one one of their teams is really really good um but yeah they were there so east coast teams definitely could be over in that that region too and i think uh i think that is all the collegiate esports i have to talk about actually hopefully hopefully i'll have some more to talk about uh again soon but that was basically the quick quick rundown yeah that's the first ever little segment we had the campus quad i like that but um yeah until next time yeah i mean we can only hear you listen to you talk about penn state esports so much <laughs> Come so on, i mean that's like you fun. with league of legends <laughs> yeah i know yeah, it's the same thing like no but yeah so i guess james i'm gonna let you kind of take it away for the last one because you haven't talked much i mean that's a rare occasion yeah, but i was gonna say man i'm kind of liking this like yeah. let's go let's hear about the dallas fuel oh god yeah let me talk about an esport that i'm not familiar with it well, i know this is technically all. mine i really should let you take yeah. one of the other ones oh, it's, it's all it's all good man it's all good so um this when was this the exact date was earlier this week or was it uh i'm not exactly sure what time, what point in the week it was early monday morning early monday morning there we go so it was oh, this morning it was this morning yeah holy shit <laughs> okay yeah um so yeah dallas fuel released uh rascal and their head coach uh, I don't know who their head coach's name is. I don't think he's named throughout throughout the uh, throughout the article. Um, uh, Kyle Souter. Soder. S O U D E R. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Kai Kai. Is that yeah? There we go. Okay, cool. So yeah, they were recently dropped. Um, I apparently this seems to be a pretty like a pretty mo- a big move that kind of everybody was like demanding. Everybody was looking for this to happen mainly because of all the shit with Rascal previously and basically. 
the shit show that is the Dallas Fuel um, from a coaching standpoint. You know what I mean? So um, the only problem is is now the player lock just happened. So Rascal was released, to my understanding, post-player lock, thus totally fucking him over. Rascal's not going to play with the team. for any, It would be this whole entire split, correct? It's like – or the – what are they called? They, they call them something Stage. Else. Stage, yeah, yeah. So four he, stages, yep. Yeah, yeah. So he's he he's stage locked pretty much. So that is like, I mean, not only is it a, it's like it's a good change because Dallas needed to do something, but at the same time, like that's a it's a big fuck you. Like that, I don't I don't know how other way of putting it. Like that is that is that is disrespect at its finest from a from a pro level. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. Dallas fuels fucking scummy as fuck for doing that. Actually. I'm so upset at I'm so upset at that team. Like it is such a poorly managed team and such a whole like they had such a good start and then oh, like yeah. management just like screwed it over and like now power rankings are rating them like the lowest, almost the lowest possible, which like hey, come hey, on. Shanghai is never going to give up that position. Never. Yeah, no, but still like I mean they're close. They're actually really close from being yeah, worse than Shanghai, down, which is like really that's sketchy. <laughs> like, I, I actually cannot believe them. Like, you, you would think someone in that organization would, like, kind of step up and be like, hey, listen, guys, like, we let's at least, like, I don't know, bring in, like, a consultant or something. Like, like it, it, it's terrible to see all the talent on that team kind of go to waste when management doesn't know how to properly position their players and just kind of, like, lets them or doesn't direct their energy correctly. So I don't really blame any of the the players on the team. Well, it's like, not their fault, right? Yeah, like, it, it's it's not their fault, and they're all yeah. really good players. And like the thing that like really irks me the most about Rascal is that they're saying it's due to like him having communication issues. Which like, I mean, it's come on, true. he's a Korean player. Like he's yeah. tr- like uh, when he was on Spitfire, I believe Spitfire is a mostly Korean team. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's a pure Korean team. Yeah, it's a as, pure. As a it's, start of the season, yeah, it's a pure Korean team. So obviously his communication was different there. And then when you switch him on the Dallas Fuel, that's an English speaking team. Obviously there's going to be some initial issues. And like, I don't know. That just like, I just feel so scummy on so many levels. Like not only to release him because of communication issues, when you know, um, like his his communication, like and he speaks like Korean mostly, and then locking him out, like that's that's also super scummy. And then, also, it was reported that they did not do tryouts for for players. They didn't do tryouts when they were picking up players. They just signed the players initially. So like, so 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 like they could they could have tried him out and understood his communication levels, but they didn't take the time to do that. They brought him onto the team, and when they figured out what kind of player he was, they just like released him after the lockout. Like, how scummy of a team can you be? Yeah, you can't. I like, and that's just it too. Even like, like, language barriers are super common in esports. They're they, they run rampant. But if you're you as a that shows a, a strong lack of organization, organization like immaturity to not recognize. Okay, I have a Korean player coming in in an English speaking team. I need somebody to teach him English. Like like Rascal probably tried on his own as most Korean players do, or you know Chinese players or whatever. But that's not enough. You know what I mean? Especially on the pro level. Like when okay so because i'm unfamiliar with the situation when in the split like what stage did he come from spitfire to to dallas i'm at the end of february so that'd be towards the end of the second split so he'd been on the team for probably three three weeks this no this is start of three yeah this is the start of week three so he's played competitively with them for two and then however long between the split was what i think is a week so maybe a month yeah it can't be more than a month Cannot be more than a month. So you're telling me you expected a oh no, this is it. That's it. There was no expecting. They didn't fucking think. That's just it. Like there was no thought process to be like, oh, we have a Korean speaking dude. My team's primarily English. Wonder what the fuck will happen. No, he'll just come in and he'll be amazing because he's DPS. Maybe. I don't I don't know, man. Like that's fucked up. That's really fucked up. The Dallas and like just to, just a just a rope another traditional sport into it. Like Dallas as a whole has gone to shit. They just released Des Bryant too from the from the Cowboys and like go pack go. Yeah yeah yeah. They, if they, he comes the Packers. I will admit it's a catch. I will say oh. it on the stream. If Des Bryant comes to the Packers, I will admit that it was a catch. Oh my yeah Jesus. Well we just got rid of uh fucking our boy uh who just went to the Raiders, uh, Nelson. 
Jordy Nelson. So, oh, yeah, I mean, Packers guy, Jordy. I yeah, thought you were talking about Dallas. I'm like, no, 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 no. So, I mean, I'll take I'll take this, Brian. But anyways, not to derive too much from the topic. Um, yeah, no. This is like that's ah oh, man, that's that's can they, can they now can they can the league itself, can the Overwatch League itself give Dallas any repercussions for that? For like for like negligence so, or I don't think so. I are we reading the same article here? So I'm reading the one from dot esports and they're I mean, of course they're gonna spin it that they weren't the bad guy. So I don't get where you like I always like to give the team the benefit of the doubt. Yes, the Dallas Fuel is a pile of shit when it comes to their management. But what they said is that his commitment did not, his unwillingness to communicate with the team while playing in recent matches became a large distraction. Sure, they should have made sure that he would fit and be willing to try to learn English. But how this sounded is that he did not want to speak English is that he did not want to make the effort to switch over. Of course, Dallas is going to say that because they don't want to seem like the scum you're accusing them of being. And if they would have tried it out and figured out that he doesn't want to speak English, that would have been brought out right away and they wouldn't have signed him. But it seems like it's on both parties that Rascal didn't want to speak English or learn English or whatever the case is, and Dallas didn't care that he spoke Korean. So I think both parties are on. Yes, they should have, should have released him before the player lock. That's not okay. But I'm not saying that Dallas just dropped him because he didn't know English fluently. It sounded like it was both parties not being on the same page, which can be stopped by scouting. I mean, like, I still think it's on it, it's on the shoulders of the organization when you pick up a player. Like, you shouldn't, like, pick up a player with the expectations that they're going to mold to what you specifically want unless you outline it for them. And, like, I, I just think that's, like, coded language that they put there just to make it seem that they weren't being, like, shitty to their Korean player. Like, I, I think it's as simple as that because, like, obviously you're not going to say, oh, he doesn't speak English, so we released him. Like, you're not going to say that. No, you're going to exactly. say something Don't along me. the lines of he couldn't learn English in a singular month while also f- being a full-time player, so we released him. Like, and, and that expectation, like, you cannot have the expectation in the on-season for a player to learn English, if he's playing the game full time, that there he has like no time. So like, say, where, where do you fit in? The, where do you fit in the English lessons? Like, it's just it's not realistic. It's not gonna happen. You know what I mean? So. But he's not the only Korean player on the team. So yes, they are. They are an English speaking team when they communicate in game. But they're Wait. not the only Korean player. Well, I mean, their level language is not always the same. Like, some might have previous, like, English classes, some might not. Like, the le- yeah. the, the language levels are, are completely different, and so it's not directly related to, like, how many Korean players are on the team. It's what was his current level of English that he could speak, and what did they expect of him? Um, because, you know, some of these players, they might have had, like, English classes in high school, or they might have went to college and took it, taken a bunch of classes, and yeah. Rascal might not have. So there's like on like on their player base, like they only have two other Koreans. It's Effect and OGE. So like I'd like, and that's just it. Like that's you have two boys that you have solves in, and you like, and one of them's DPS. So I like, I don't know if they're even gonna be able to same lineup. You know what I mean? So like, it, like I mean, yeah, you do have a slew of other things, but like English is primarily like a lot of these countries like second language. Sweden, France, Spain, Thailand, yeah. maybe, but like I mean, like Finland and like in Finland as well. Like, I mean, it, 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 it comes with their upbringing and stuff like that. And how long have OGE in effect been with the team? That's just it too, right? Like, I mean, if this is – so I guess that's like – I guess that's where the debate comes in is effect and OGE are both Korean players. We don't know what their level of Korean is or what their level of English is, but if they've been with the team for all the stages up until this point, then – maybe maybe it is maybe it is a rascal problem but like i mean again we don't like there's not enough evidence for us to be like fuck you dallas fuel without you know without having some bit of a doubt you know what i mean but at the same time you can still be like come on rascal you know at the same time but you still again we don't know if rascal's getting fucked over and we don't know if i mean for all we know affecting oge could have ratted him out like i mean because he was being a dick you know what i mean so but again like i mean i feel like because of how much vagueness is surrounding this whole fucking issue, it's it's really hard to draw a conclusion to like who is who you want to point the middle finger at. You know what I mean? I mean, besides the fact that Roscoe got released after player lock, which is just it's. I mean, 
who gives a fuck if the dude didn't want to communicate? It's like, I mean, that's still that's rude. That's that's like a it's not a career ender, but it's definitely like it's definitely fucking him over pretty heavily, especially the, like the debut year of the Overwatch League. Also, it's yeah, just really I... weird that they released the coach at the same time too. Like that's yeah. also just very like. It'd be one thing if he got released and they were like, yeah, this is just not working out like um, his yeah. expectations um, when he came in. Um, you know, we aligned expectations and he didn't meet them. That'd be one thing. But they released him and the head coach. Like, if you're releasing yeah. a head coach, something is going on in your organization that is not That's good. That's true. That is very true. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to summarize. So, Ken, what are you just talking about there? So, um, coming from uh, the Banhammer OW. Um, OGE is new, but has been playing with English League team for a while. Effect was with the Dallas Fuel prior to OWL when they're still Team Envious. So both of those players coming in the league did have English speaking experience while Rascal was coming from the more Korean teams. That's why I played with um, Sidfire right off the bat. So he's never had that experience. So that does kind of come up with that. So yes, they have two other Korean players on the team, but they both have English experience coming into that. So that yeah. does kind of counteract some of my points. But still yeah. going on with it, why, you don't want to pay someone. You don't want to keep someone on a roster if he's, they're not going to fit. Like, yes, it's shitty that they signed him when he didn't speak Korean and that scummy thing to do that they didn't try him out, that they didn't make sure he was going to fit. But that's still money that the Dallas Fuel have to spend, that they're not going to play with him on the games, and that financially they need to cut him. I mean – did they made? Did they really need to? Because they couldn't pick up another player, so it's not like they're cutting him to replace someone else. I was playing; they're just dropping a player, drop a player. Mm-hmm. But still, if he's not going to fit with the team, if he isn't getting along, if he isn't adding value, I don't see the reason of bringing him on. Yes, it's Dallas Fuel's fault that he didn't add value, and that ideally a different team would have picked him up and he would have fit in and been able to play there. But obviously, the Dallas Fuel's made a lot of mistakes. This is another mistake that they made that's purely on them. But the Overwatch League is still too young for there to be any kind of repercussions against Dallas Fuel, for there to be any kind of compensation for Rascal. And I don't think the Overwatch League sees there need to be any. That would be like any player in the NFL getting picked up. They don't fit in the defensive scheme and they drop them the next day. It may be after trade deadline and all that kind of stuff, but they're not adding value to the team, so they get dropped. I don't think it's any different than other sports. But, like, I mean, I, I still think the point stands that they messed up in the beginning. Yes. They they, they, mess, they they didn't try him out. They didn't set the correct expectations. They should have scouted and knew his his current level. And then when they brought him in, like, they could have they could have done other things. They could have benched him. Like, uh, yeah. like it, it's, it's not like it's owned by, like, a small company that's, like, barely scraping by. And they're, like, this crazy startup. No, they're a giant team fu- funded by a ton of money and a ton of sponsors. So, like, I have, I have zero, like sympathy for them like this is them just like fucking up at every single stage yeah. and then like i i don't know I, I feel like that team shouldn't have zero sympathy because it's it's really shitty because they have really good players and they're not being used to the best potential they they could be a really really good team they could be a tier one team but they're not they're not giving the players the attention that they need and then on top of that like they're running a really small team now like the yeah, team, like the roster's not big. Yeah, it's an incredibly small team. So, like, what are you supposed to do if one or two players need to be swapped out because they're sick? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, swapped. I don't think they have enough players that if two players are sick, they could swap them out. Which is definitely something that, like, I mean, you could see, especially like I, because I don't know, I know the Valiant's training regimen because they made it very public of how they run things, which is great, um, but. Nobody knows anything about Dallas. Nobody knows how how ragged they run these guys. Um, we don't know. Like, I mean, the, the the possibility of these guys getting sick is like very very real. So, I mean, yeah, if you start like chopping off the roster, I mean, this is one of those scenarios that I wish a players' association came with the league. That like, cause cause Rascal would like Rascal and anybody else behind him. Like, and I, I actually, you know, I think that's where we would see a lot of light is if rascal tried to bring this up with the other players and stuff like that and if nobody rallied behind him because they're like rascal you're a prick you don't want to talk to people buddy um you know then we then we have a more of a clear-cut answer like like uh, i i do i do especially if they're treating this like a traditional sport which they are they are beginning to do that so they expect everybody to be emotionally and mentally mature if shit like this happens if they get fucked over and stuff like that but 
traditional other like other other traditional esports there isn't this you know what i mean you can do roster changes all through the fucking season in in yeah. riot like, uh, with league of legends um I, I don't know i don't know about dota i don't know how strict they are um but i mean this is like if they want to take this hard of a stance on it like they they oh they okay so xuc apparently from the band hammer again being our our resident overwatch expert xuc did try to push for the players associated of course xuc did jesus christ um yeah like i mean it's it's a fucking shitty situation and nobody comes out on top that's just it it's like that's the best way of putting it right i mean i just i hope they can clean stuff up yeah oh yeah absolutely so tackle a couple things. So first off, Dallas Fuel still does have 10 players on the roster. So if two go down, they still have two subs. So I'm not defending them in any case, but they're not going to fall apart now. Well, that will actually, it depends on what, what position they play. Yeah, and I know what position they are, but... Um, like, like, are they both tank players? So if like a DPS drops and like a support drops and like they can't fill it, or they are they flex? Three, three DPSs. Two, three supports and looks like four um, tanks. All right, I mean that. That's sure, if they drop two DPSs on the same day, like. Or if they yeah. drop like two supports and. Yikes. Yeah. So like, there, there's situations. There's situations with any team could be short staffed. If four DPSs go down, of course they're going to be short staffed and stuff, kind of like that. But for the most part, they're fine. I mean, most teams have that ten to twelve man roster, so that's for any team right now that if shit really hits the fan, they're going to be struggling that way. So I wouldn't worry about that too much. Um, I think that's the one thing that I really wanted to kind of just clarify from that. I'm trying to fact check us as we go as well. And we have, <laughs> we have the chat kind of doing for that too, and they're doing a good job of that. But I just wanted to make sure that everything we're kind of saying is as factually correct as we can be. I mean, that's kind of a line there. That's a stretch. <laughs> but, um, yeah, is there anything else besides agreeing that it's shitty situation Rask was put in? There needs to be some kind of change to the system, whether it's maybe after the second week of the season, you can't pick up anymore, but maybe during the offseason. Like, as long as it's not playoffs or second week or something like that, they're changing the pickup and drop deadline, player association. Like, something needs to change. The Dallas field needs to get their shit together. And hopefully Rascal still makes it in the Overwatch League next year because he's done for the season. He cannot get picked up, picked up in a different stage or anything like that. He is done for the season. So hopefully oh, we can see. I thought he could come back in like stage four or something like nope. that. Season is cut. Yikes. Okay. Hopefully he takes even... advantage to learn English so he doesn't have this problem with any team, gets a little better at the DPS, and comes back next year ready to kick the Dallas Fields ass. That's ideally the best case situation for you. He can go to he can go to Shanghai and be the saving grace. He's a little Chinese and he'll be good to go, man. I I think we'll be on talking about a savings grace for Shanghai. I think, <laughs> I think Flutter, I think everyone just needs a I think they need a 40 man roster to be able to win a game, it feels like. They're getting close. I do believe they're gonna win a game this stage. But who knows when? Yeah, exactly. You you show me that match and that'll be the first time I watch the Overwatch League. Show I me the match that Shanghai wins. But um yeah, outside of that, I think that kind of wrap up, wraps up four kind of big topics you had to, for today. Is there any other little ones you want to jump to, or do you want to kind of jump to a little bit of housekeeping and kind of ending stuff? I need someone uh, to take me to a cool-down room. I'm baby-raging too hard. <laughs> you were getting into that when you led with the Dallas Fuel is a bunch of fucking scrub. <laughs> like, I knew this is going to be a fun conversation. No, it, it's it's fine because top two teams are at uh, New York Excelsior to get you guys mad. And number two, it's uh, it's Philadelphia Fusion. So it's my team. So I can't be too mad. Hey, Valiant's going to be good eventually. They've, they haven't done too bad this stage. But uh, one day, maybe. One day. But, but I have nothing okay. else if you want to go to housekeeping stuff. Yeah, so no, I just kind of... Yeah, I want to kind of jump to housekeeping because this is the first episode of our new content schedule and kind of project esports 2.0 whatever you want to call it so just for anyone listening on audio anyone uh, tuning in right now for the first time watching on youtube how we release content is being changed the amount of content we're releasing is being changed all that kind of stuff so obviously we're streaming at 6 30 central time 7 30 p.m um, eastern time 8 30 canadian time 
Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. 8.30 Atlantic, boys. 8.30 Atlantic. It's me in South America, and we'll have a great time. Whatever that is. So, obviously, we're changing from Sunday nights to Monday nights for streaming, which means our podcast and YouTube are going to be going live 7 a.m. Central Time on all major podcasting platforms except Spotify and YouTube. So, you can make sure to download that, listen there, watch on YouTube, anything kind of like that. On top of our weekly Monday, we are also going to start putting out some type of content every single Thursday. I put a little video out on this on Twitter, but for those of you that did not see it, it is going to be anything from Dylan's time at PAX, from interviews we've had coming up, from the guys play Dota, things such as that. We're going to try to switch around with the types of content and the length of content to whatever you guys kind of are interested in and whatever you're asking for. So that is going to always be broadcasted, either live or pre-recorded and uploaded onto Twitch, 6.30 Central Time, uh, 6.30 Central Time every Thursday, and it'll go live on YouTube and podcasting platforms every Friday at 7 a.m., very similar to the Monday-Tuesday schedule. This first week's content is going to be Dylan's time at PAX. So Dylan, you want to kind of give a 30-second little introduction to what Thursday is going to be? Um, sneak preview. Um, me and my girlfriend went to PAX. We're both in the collegiate esports. We are both in the esports in general. We talk about esports at PAX. <laughs> That's the quickest version. What a surprise. I love it. I love it. So, so yeah, so that will be going live at Project Esports twitch.tv slash Project Esports Podcast. You can watch along. We'll be in the chat interacting with you guys. Me and James will be listening to it for the first time as well. Hell Otherwise, yeah. you can get it on YouTube or uh, podcasting platforms on Friday. It'll be the same timelines, same YouTube page and everything kind of like that. But that is all the announcement we have for today. We'll kind of keep you in the loop whenever things are changing. We're really trying to take Project Esports kind of the next level these next couple of months. But thank you all so much for tuning in and listening. Any of you that are not currently following us on Twitch, I'm not taking James on Twitch. Throw us that follow. Push that heart button because it means the world to us. And thank you so much for watching the Project Esports podcast. Oh, oh, we're supposed to do the thing now. You're doing the thing. <laughs> oh, we're doing the thing. Oh, yeah. No, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm James. I'm nope, Dylan. Nope, nope. Oh, no. Oh, we, oh, wait, what are they on, supposed man. to do? You, what are they supposed to do? did everything. You always no, I did, did everything. Oh, do we have my. Facebook? Do we have Twitter? Oh, we do have Facebook and Twitter. Guys, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Well, don't follow me on Facebook. It's kind of weird, but follow us on follow me on Twitter. Oh, I guess I did take Dylan's part though when I announced the <laughs> changes, didn't I? Yeah. I could have thought through this better. Okay. Un- unbelievable. We can do the thing now, James. You lead All us right. off. All right, guys. I'm James. I'm Dylan. And I'm Andrew. Screwing it up as always. Have a good week, guys. See you all on Thursday.